Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Too Old to Die Young, Volume 8, The Hanged Man. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. It's been a while since episode 7, uh, yep. due to sickness and a few other things. Um, and what was last week? Because I was making fun, like, one of our viewers, Devious, who, goes, who shows up for the live streams, is always asking about the next Too Old to Die Young. And... Last week, I had the distinct amusing uh, discussion of we we're about going to do it tonight. We'd watched it. I think, you just, I think you'd fallen asleep. I think it was just that. It was that simple. We were going to do that stuff that night. No, no, because I didn't fall asleep at all last week. Thank you very much. We got through... No, because last week was Mindhunter week, and we got through every episode, and I didn't fall asleep once. Oh, okay. So don't you dare pull that shit on me. Okay, your internet cut out. I remember where it was now. Your internet oh, cut out halfway through Mindhunter. I recording Mindhunter. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and we were doing Told to Die Young after it, and then we couldn't do it because your internet was out. And I got to amusingly tell him that we were about to do it, and then it didn't happen because of internet issues. Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, it was an, an, an issue on my end, but I did not fall asleep. <laughs> still on the corner side of the equation. I, 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 this is still clear as day as far as I'm concerned. But we're here for Volume 8, The Hindman, 90-minute episode. With some surprising moments, I think. Uh, not not surprising yeah. that they happened, but surprising that they happened in episode eight. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, which made, makes me very curious as to what the final two episodes are going to be in a lot of ways. Yeah, because so, uh, we've been saying the whole time, ten's going to be an epilogue. It's only uh -huh. half an hour. And I stand by that. It's nine that's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, 10's still interesting, because I have no idea what 9's going to do. 10, 10 could be anything, because 9, I don't know what yeah. it is. So, um, I feel like Yuritsa is maybe the key to all this, that her conclusion is going to be the real end of the story, but I, I, at this point, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Um, because Mara's dead! Mara's completely dead! And technically... And Jenny too. Uh, Jenny too, yeah. It, technically, it's off-camera, but, I mean, it's pretty conclusive. I mean, the sound effects and the... Yeah, no, I, I want to say, oh, we didn't see a body, but... No, he he's was, dead. He was hacking at that severed head for several minutes at the end, with just blood splattering everywhere. I'm fairly confident that it's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> with creepy imagery that was spliced in, which was interesting. Uh, these these uh, little girl faces with the masks. Mm -hmm. Um Seemingly from Yuritsa's POV, because Yuritsa's watching all this. It was a very curious ending to the episode. Um, but let's go back. Let's go back to the start. It starts with Martin uh, handing in his badge and gun. He's given up his job uh, at the LAPD. And we get this overly dramatic presentation from his boss, pretending to be Jesus with a broomstick. It's, uh, it's glorious. Um, particularly the, the part where the dude in the helmet runs in, one of the other cops, and says democracies are a bitch, democracies are a bitch, and then says, and this is the NRA, and like, prods him with a, whatever he's holding, whatever sharp stick yeah. he's holding. And Martin, as per usual, is sitting there very quietly and just apologizes that he's letting them down in a very yeah. kind of nonchalant way. And the scene ends it's... with the boss feeding them the, the what do we call it? Yeah. yeah. What do you call it? The I... Catholic thing. The, um, the, the, the bread? Yeah, yeah, the little circle of bread. You grew up in a Catholic. It does. Hang on, it's school. got an actual name because it is just it, it's bread, but it has an actual name. Uh, I want to say Eucharist, but I'm not sure. I'm not confident on that. Well, it feeds him it. It feeds him the bread. It's a whole. 
it's the whole thing. It's overly dramatic. It's, it's exactly the sort of thing we expect from these characters. Probably the last time we're going to see this batch of characters, actually. Um, although, what I was really noticing uh, is just... If you look at the whiteboard at the side, there's, like, weird things on it. It's... Uh, the, the word fascism was there a couple of times and there was yeah, just yeah democracies are bitches on there yeah there was just there was a couple of things like that on there uh, but ultimately this leads us there is one scene with with uh jesus and the others where they're they're prepping this uh farmhouse presumably for something violent because they're talking about uh, a barbecue and everything else yeah. uh, uh william defoe or not william defoe is there uh setting this all up for them um and I know his name's Alfonso, but he's William Defoe to me now. He's he's actually You're a terrible person. Latino Defoe. That's what I'm going to call him. Latino Defoe. Um, I'll take it. So, but we we come to Martin, who's with 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 uh, with Diana, and it's very reminiscent of the shot from like episode two or three. Uh, it must have been three because two was the uh, the, the all Mexico episode. Mexico episode yeah. Um, where she's walking up and down the pool so it's this tracking shot from side to side but instead of vigo there it's martin now who is now free from his obligations and has got time to do the job full time now um what was interesting though just I'd, I'd have to go back and look at the scene from episode two to really compare them side by side but i think there's probably some stuff to read into here about how exactly he follows or compared to the way vigo did because it felt like a lot more like he was being left behind and had to catch up in this scene to me. Whereas with Vigo, it felt like we switched between them um, a bit more evenly. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I definitely remember Vigo falling behind at one point. It, it did happen. He just but, showed up at the end. But it definitely it felt different because he he came in from a different side. That I remember Vigo, whereas Martin's always feels like he's sort of coming up from behind her. Yeah. And another detail I noticed because I remember very vividly uh, talking about that scene back in like episode three where I talked about how the, the pool was very reflective and it felt like this kind of mirror image of the city. It was, it was this very tranquil shot. Very different here where it's a bit more overcast and the pool's not reflective at all. It just looks, you know, it's, it's the war. It's just, yeah. just blue. Um, but it, it's a very different mood to that previous version of the scene where while like, there's a hope here that he's going to replace Vigo, there's kind of a murkiness to it where, I don't know, it's not feeling quite right. <sighs> Yeah, and and I think as well, you know, you talk about oh, he's you know always dragging behind. He's not catching up and cutting her off ahead like you know the way Vigo did. Um, you know where well, well that was how it felt when he came in from the other side. It's no, no, no. He's still new at this, and you know he he doesn't have the experience to keep up mm. yet. See, I'm going to go with the murkiness and that he's not quite right for it, based on where this episode goes, and based on this idea that he ultimately is going to meet an untimely end because of the sins that he's already committed. That ultimately he was never a clean slate. Um, not not that anyone who gets into this is a clean slate necessarily because it's not like, I mean, you don't just get into the killing of bad people business because you're a normal person who's never done anything sketchy. But the feeling that his, his end is kind of uh, inevitable uh, by the end of this episode. Sure. Yeah, it makes me feel like, no, no, this was doomed from the start. He was never really going to, like, he wanted to be better. He was always going to try to be better, but he'd already committed too many bad things. Uh, which is almost where I think the title kind of comes from. It's not that he's literally too old, because he's like 30. He's not He's not that old. But it's that what he's done makes him older. It's what what he's done. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a metaphorical age thing as opposed to a literal age thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's given this mission and Vigo takes him there and it's this like abandoned uh, mall, which I swear I've seen before. I'm convinced that this was the same location 
that a big scene from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. took place in, in season three, uh, back when the last stuff was happening. There was this, I, I just, the escalators that in the, the, the general location just feel so similar. If it it's, isn't the uh, same place, it feels... It's, it's not impossible that it is the same place. Well, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. shoots in L.A., uh, which this clearly also did. Yeah. Um, so... I think it might be because it feels like oh you've got this abandoned shopping mall it makes sense that a bunch of different movies and TV shows over the years have probably used it for different things because it's just there yeah. to be used. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but Vigo gets too sick. He's coughing. He can't walk. He has to sit down, and Martin has to go on without him. And this feels like a very spiritual passing of the passing of the torch. As it, it, it is. It's like no, no, no. It's your turn now. Yeah. And he goes and he finds this guy who, you know, we, we, we don't really hear a lot about his friends. We know like, whoever, his victim is six. Uh, we, we hear that one detail. But ultimately, it's just he did something bad. And Martin comes down and the guy comes out with a shotgun. He's in hiding. He's very, you know, very twitchy. And Martin just kind of plays it off like he's just there by happenstance. But then he kind of makes him lower his guard for just a second by saying, your mother sent me. He says his name. You know, you're uh, Redford, I think his name was. Um, sure. And he's like, hey, your mother sent me. And he just lowers the shotgun for a second and Martin just shoots him. Like, in the snap of a second, just pulls out his gun and shoots him. And no hesitation. Um, uh, Of course, honestly, probably the loudest spit in the entire show was in this scene. Uh, There's a spit halfway through the scene and it just it felt like they really amped up the sound, the foley on this. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm with you. So, you know, that was the whole thing. But... Yeah, so he goes back to Vigo and he's like, is the job done? He's like, yeah. And he takes Vigo home and, you know, like Vigo can barely walk. He's helping him get into his room, into his bed. And Vigo just says, can can you hold me for a minute? And he does. Martin sits down next to him and puts his arm around him. And then yeah. eventually it lays him down and puts a blanket over him. And it's this whole very somber, bittersweet kind of ending. And the end of the scene is Martin leaving the room Vigo's mother being there, who we also know is sick, um, and saying, can I speak to you for a moment? And he says yes. And again, all this very quiet, very methodically paced. And he sits down and she says, would you like to know how he died? And he says yes. And the scene fades to black. It doesn't cut, it fades to black. Who do you think she's talking about? Um, it's a good question. Because my instinct is actually somehow Vigo, even though technically he's not dead yet. It feels like more of a, a like... No, I agree, because that's my first thought, but I don't know if it tracks. Like, I wonder if she's talking about when he became what he is now, like the idea that that's when she considers when he died. Could be, could be. Because I was thinking, you know, maybe you know, the, the first person he killed that got in, you know, that got this died. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um... Because I, I was kind of reading that it's like she's kind of delirious and senile and she's kind of like thinking about things in a different way. But it also is relevant to just his character and the idea that, you know, he, he really died when he started becoming this person, you know, when he became what he is now. And this ending is just the end of this part of him. It's not necessarily um thingy. Sure. Um, what, what, Windows has changed its uh, update thing because I just got a box popping up saying restart and update and stay, stay in support. Um, <laughs> You're like, go away. Don't you dare restart. <laughs> um, I don't know why I pick a time. Just go away, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't know because this I'll restart later. It wasn't an option. It was like it was like restart tonight. I don't want to click that. I don't want to restart sometime tonight that I'm not prepared for. Well, I mean, me? it's better than it restarting right now. True, but I, I'll forget though, and it'll catch me off guard. <laughs> 
Um, but it's like, no, oh, what, support, that's going on. Support's ending for this version of Windows in like a month. I'm like, I don't go away. Um, how long has it been since you updated? It all updates all the time. I don't know. Yeah, how recently. Support ending already. I don't know. I don't know. It says it's the April version that I've got, but it's updated since then. But clearly, it's not the not full... full update. Yeah. I think the last time I tried to full update, it failed. So I just kind of. Oh, that's a good it. sign. I don't know. It's done it before. <laughs> so, um. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did that scene. Uh, but during this, I don't know where reading this scene took place exactly, but there was a scene with Janie being interviewed because her dad's missing, <laughs> naturally, from, from before. And this female uh, police officer is. <laughs> Is asking her questions uh, about last time she's seen him, and uh, it comes up that you know he's ran away before for like with a girlfriend, but you know he's always kind of kept in touch, and that Martin might have seen him uh, last, that the boyfriend might have seen him last, and she's like, okay, so Martin was leaving for work. What does what does your boyfriend do? And she's like, oh, he's a cop. Like, didn't you just say you just turned eighteen? Because she mentioned her birthday party. That was the last time she really spoke to him. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, and she's like, well, and she starts asking all these questions about Martin, and she's like, why are you so interested in, in my sex life? How, how long have you been going out with him? And she, she you know, mentions however long it was. Yeah, she mentions when they met and blah, blah, blah. But no, she, she's like, you know, why are you so interested in my sex life? And she's like, I think you know why. And ultimately, when she finally admits, like, oh, you started dating this guy when you were 16, when you were a minor, you know, she's like, that's a very serious crime, statutory rape. And she's like, well that's not like I'm going to press charges and she's like that may not be up to you and again this was kind of like this idea that I was getting to where like Martin's kind of doomed no matter what like all the choices he's made before he started to become this have already doomed him because it's not up to him to just wipe oh, on oh, the rug definitely and and you know that's been a, a sense throughout most of the show um still didn't expect it to end in this episode in the way that it did Oh no, again, I wasn't expecting this episode, but looking back now, so much of the stuff in this episode is about building uh, It is preparing to, to this. That, yeah. Um So no, um so it ends in this really kind of somber moment, uh, with that. But what's interesting is that you know, when Martin comes back and he's he's with he, he's he's sitting there when Janie wakes up the next day, and Janie sort of wakes up and he's there and he's like, Oh, let's go you know, go do something. They they end up going to the beach. And I think what's interesting, the really sad part of this this story here is that this is the first time in the entire show where Martin seems to take an interest in what Janie's like thinking about and asks mm-hmm. her to talk about you know what she's thinking and she's talking about how oh she wants to live uh, if she was to pick anywhere to live she'd, she'd pick Montana and she tells a story about how she went there with her mom and it's just a really happy childhood memory and he listens to her and it feels like the first legitimately kind of sweet moment that yeah and and it's not like he's ever treated her badly to be no fair. no he's just been very disinterested. Yeah, he's been very distracted, focused on his work. It's as if when he uh, reti- retired from his job, you know, you know, quit. It's like you know, it wasn't just the killing that he had more time for. He wasn't distracted anymore. I don't think it's so much that he's not distracted. I think that's almost simplified to it. I think it's more that he's finally being who he's really supposed to be. So he's actually at a place where he he is yeah. actually engaging with feelings better. He is like actually starting to pay attention to who's around him and what's around him, because. He's not like because before he was in this cocoon because he was in this like society structure that he didn't quite understand. He didn't feel like he belonged in, and I yeah. think um, coming out of that, he feels free. And it's like he he feels free from leaving his job. He's starting to be in a better place with Janie. He's starting to feel like he's doing proper work for for Diana. So all these he things all building the... up all feel yeah. like 
it's like oh no he's actually getting to a better place like he's finally finding happiness and and has in his own u- weird unique way yeah, like, yeah i was going back into you know how he actually you know sat there and, and hugged figo you know which i doubt he would have done at the start of the season sure yeah yeah um still not the most uh chatty touchy feely person in the world but you know he's he's definitely improved since the start of the show he's, he's definitely yeah. getting somewhere definitely so of course during this scene though we cut to uh latino defoe and one of the other henchmen who are watching them at the beach and because we, we know they're coming because they, we know they got martin's name at the end of the last episode so we know that we're building up to something here and you know, part of me generally thinks, oh, they're going to try and... Because I, I honestly thought they're going to try and, like, nab him here, and he was going to, like, fight back, and, like, this was going to be Latino Defoe's end. Like, he was going to go out in a really dumb way because he's he's too incompetent to actually take Martin. I can see that. I could have also seen him succeeding in taking Martin, but, you know, then we've got, you know, Martin versus Jesus as episode nine, essentially. Sure, sure. But this is, like, halfway through this episode, so... It was, yeah. Um... But sure enough, we just like Janie and Martin are walking together, holding hands, and they look happy. Even Martin's kind of smelling a little bit. Janie's smelling like you can, as much as Miles Teller can smile. You almost feel like this is the first. She, she feels better about him and the way he's acting than she has in a long time. She feels like, um, and again, going back to that scene where she's been interviewed by the cops, she she she's worried that she's got him into trouble, and she sort of reiterates, "You've done nothing wrong. This is him." You know, she makes it very clear that he's the one at fault here. And I think the sad part of the story. Uh, in terms of the tragedy, is that Martin gets her killed. Mar- Martin Martin being in her life has ruined ruined her life. It's, you know, ended up with her father being killed. And sure, there's maybe hints that it's debatable that maybe he, he was maybe not healthy for her anyway, uh, was her dad. But uh, he's gotten her killed now as well. Like He's kind of ruined the lives of everyone that he's gotten involved in. It has. And it was very indirectly. This was not his fault directly. Yeah, other well, it doesn't matter, though. That, that's kind of the point, is that it's not directly. It's that just being there, the world that he's a part of, no, has gotten her no, killed. No, no, but I wanted to make a clear distinction between what happened with her father and then this. You know, the, you, it's, it's very much a direct cause and then an indirect cause. Yeah, but I don't think it matters, though, because, because it's just been part of his life. It's, 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 in fact, it's yeah. very similar to Drive. It's actually, when I think about it, like Drive, the whole story of that movie is that him being who he is, he realizes that he's going to affect people around him negatively, so he makes the choice to leave. He he makes the right choice. He he actually he he realizes that he has to separate himself from the people he cares about. Whereas in this show, uh, Martin never does that, and it gets he them never all gets killed. the chance to get that far. Yeah, he, he, he gets them all killed. Um, but it's a really well shot scene because they you know, just they run up behind him, and he, he realizes something's up. He's he's going for his gun, but he gets hit in the face with like a tire iron, like immediately, yeah. and. We have this extended, like you know, little bit here where Jenny's just in shock and staring at uh, Latino Defoe and just sort of not quite begging, but just kind of, you know, asks like one time, like to to not, and he just sort of says no and shoots her in the face, and it's very violent, it's very brutal, very visceral, yeah, um, very shocking ending, and you're like shit. Like this episode, like I say, that these two previous scenes kind of made it feel like oh they're finally getting somewhere where they're happier, and that she feels more. Un- understood and listened to by martin and then it's just like that boom she's gone um and the entire thing feels like we've been building up so that it's going to hurt when when Janie's life is ended because it's because of what martin's into um so yeah they take him to the, to the farmhouse that they've been preparing for this and he's just being whipped uh but then he's just like no it's my turn everyone else get out this is a personal thing for me and martin's stuff for the rest of this episode is just to sit there and be whipped like that—that that is it. He doesn't have an all-in of dialogue. He does nothing. He's—he's 
you know, chained up and and gets whipped. That yeah. Brutally, over and over again, over multiple days, um, we see his back just deteriorate. You know, the first time we see it after a few whippings, it's like, oh, it's like, okay, it's a couple of lines with blood. But by the time we see his back at the end of the episode, it's just like, it's a mess. It's shredded. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a mesh of flesh and blood and lines everywhere. Uh, it looks like someone just scribbled on a bit of paper, like, you know, with yeah. no rhyme or reason. That's what it looks like. Um, but of course, uh, during this, um, there's other things that happen. There's a really, there's a really great, <laughs> there's a really great shot actually. Um, looking, there's a, there's a tracking shot going from Latino Defoe who's dancing, uh, past some henchmen who are just sitting there, to uh, Jesus who comes down and sits sits down at a bench, and then in walks Sharice and sits down like across the table from him. But there's a lot of weird things throughout the course of this this like three day period where, where he's torturing them. Where um, we've seen the weird sexual relationship between uh, Jesus and Yuritsa, but we see a couple of more examples of it here. Um, one, the first time is when he comes back into, or she comes in uh, and sort of yells at one of the henchmen for for being there, that he shouldn't be there, and sort of uh, shows her dominance. But then he goes into the room, and Jesus is very much um, out of it, and she she jacks him off, and she she does this. It's a very kind of casual casual and impersonal she just kind of stands there and does it and then of course when she's done though she shoves her whole hand in his mouth presumably with some of his finishings uh on there um, probably it's a very it's a very domineering kind of kind of scene and it, it plays similar to what we've seen with them before uh although oddly not as dominating as the next one's going to be um, no although interestingly i think the next one comes takes place after she's also had her own i think beat. so yeah uh, because interesting side what feels like a side detour at first but now is probably going to be the main focus of the next episode yeah well this is the thing like she she feels like the one really in power with with jesus and you know that this american branch of this this uh this gang but the, the thing is is that you know we see her in the episode like because they've got like some prostitutes some you know because obviously they're not sex trafficking as we've seen before they've got some prostitutes locked up in the stables and it's like really inhumane and she brings a motor at one point um, but then she sees like some of the the henchmen taking two of the girls away in a car, and they're like, you know, they've got sacks over their heads, and they're kind of screaming for help. And you know, Yuritsa, we can see, he's, you know, obviously not too pleased about this. And Yuritsa like follows them and goes to this motel where they've clearly got some like uh, local buyers for for the girls, uh, and they've got them in the motel rooms. And Yuritsa, it gets very violent here, but it's, it's, it's you know, unlike the other violence in this episode, which is very uncomfortable because it's it's hurting characters that are undeserving. I mean, Martin's kind of debatable, but certainly Janie, you feel uncomfortable with oh, the definitely. with the violence. This is I far more even with, even with Martin, it goes so far that you get uncomfortable. Yeah, whereas this is far more uh, like you. I, I mean, rooting for us maybe a little bit in the, the 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 just the sort of nonchalant side because. It is very extreme, but at the same time, she's taking out sex traffickers. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, you know what, go for it. I mean, hell, she even kills a Nazi in this scene. Like, that's yeah. like that's the extent we go to. She, she first violently stabs the guy in the phone booth. Uh, she walks up to the guys outside the room, uh, intentionally kind of, you know, playing up her sexiness a little bit to sort of lower the guard, and then violently stabs and shoots them. Um, and the music's great during this whole bit. Like, oh, her, her, so good. Her, her theme is possibly my favorite piece of music yeah her show. theme is very notable because it's a very kind of uh melodic um yeah theme compared to a lot of the other ones which are just kind of like meow, meow. 
that's my impression of some of the score. Uh, that, that sums it up nicely. <laughs> um, yeah, and then the last guy she kills is like, there's like a there's a swastika in the back, and he's actually dressed uh, that way, and uh, she kills him. And she says like, "Hey, tell you know when people ask you, tell them that the the high priestess of death uh, saved you." And you know, and I get at the end of the scene, she puts on her sunglasses and stands there, just all cool. Like Garisa, yeah. a lot of the time, just stands there looking cool. Like, she's very good at this. She's very good at it, isn't she? Yeah, um, but she's you know she's pulled off a little thing, and. It's, the weird thing is, is that she's kind of like Martin on this side of the, the fence in a, in a weird way. She's kind of mm. the Martin. She's she's ta- she's taken out the the perpetrators of the sexual violence, but she's also very much involved on an intimate level as well. In that she's you know she's there and overseeing everything in the farmhouse, and you know is the one in in power. And it's it's you know it, to a more extent where it's kind of like Martin was okay yeah he he was doing stuff for, for Damien right and he was involved in the gang yeah but the question but I have to ask is. They have to, I have to ask, though, is this just a means to an end? Like, ultimately, is she going to bring this whole thing down? Well, possibly, yeah. You know, one step at a time. You know, she can't necessarily take on everyone in one go, but is she kind of thinning them out and ultimately going to, like, take them down? Um, And where's who's Jesus going to stand on this? If, you know, assuming he doesn't know already, like, when he does find out she's doing this, like, if he does, it, does he go along with it? Is he on her side? Is he, you know... Part of me thinks he may do whatever she says. Yeah, part of me th- feels like he he likes her being in charge, and this is where we're getting to the little weird sex scene. Is uh, she comes back and with the very whip that he was using for Martin, uh, sodomizes him with it. Um, yeah, and I mean he's willing, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, he's, he's quite happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's happy as one can look when having, yeah, a, a, a whip handle shoved up one's rear end, um. But again, it's very, it's very, again, it's very dominating, very domineering, uh, and she's the one kind of on top in charge. Uh, is is very much what this says, and I mean, you, I mean, I almost wonder. You could almost uh, say she's also the the Diana as well. She's like Diana and Martin mixed almost on this side in a weird way. Um, it's almost like if she if she was given Jesus the orders to go and like kill bad people, which she might end up doing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, should feel almost like Diana as well. So it's a very interesting dynamic in this sense. And like I say, I it think is. the weird visual, like spliced and images of the girls in the mass at the end, um, and because it, it ends in a shot of Yorisa, which I think is very interesting that it ends on like a very quick cut of heart. And it's you know because the music that plays when when Jesus goes to, to kill Martin and he's in his underwear and he start he eventually chops off his head and starts whacking at it. Uh, the music is very horror movie. It's very like uncomfortable is, yeah. and abrasive and. You know, it cut, you know, it cuts to these like weird images of these girls in masks, and then you know, Yuritz is the one staring, and it just you know, you get the one last note of the sort of music, and it just cuts on her face, and it makes me feel it's... like she almost has made Jesus this like aggressive, like she's you know amped him up, and it feels like oh, she's yeah. in a lot of ways is watching her handiwork play out uh, as he like just brutally murders him. So yeah, it's uh. It's pretty intense, this this scene. Yeah. So, I mean, if I was to make a guess, like, she's going to kind of groom him to kind of like, help with her mission, but uh, it's a guess at this I, point. I don't either know. Either that or she just has to get him out of the way um, and do her own thing entirely. Yeah. Because the, the funny thing is, is that Eurice is actually very sympathetic because the, the hints of her past of being a prostitute herself and then, like, everything she's done when she's had a chance to help people makes her very likable, even though 
she's obviously working with Jesus, which has gotten Janie and other people killed, and yeah, you know everything else. Like, but let's be honest, there's not a lot of like sympathetic characters in this show. They're kind of no, few and far you, between. You had Janie. Yeah, Janie. Diana and Vigo are fairly sympathetic. Fairly, but again, not completely clean. Yeah. Vigo more than Diana, I suppose, in that sense. Yeah. Um, so, no. Yeah, I'll, That's I'm excited. about it, though, for, for, for sympathy. I'm excited to see how the story ends and just how it's kind of shifted focus. Because um, I, I feel like you went into this thinking Males Teller's the main character, right? <laughs> like um, yeah, He definitely, you know, the, the first episode definitely presented was that. And then the second one subverted with Jesus, right? It's like, okay, yeah. maybe they're, they're equal leads, but we get why you're Bill Miles Teller. Um, and then the show has pretty much kind of stuck with that up until this point, uh, I'd say. You know, it maybe, maybe not 50-50, but I'd say that roughly even. I honestly, I'm starting to think Eurice is the most important character. I, I, I really yeah, think yeah, definitely. that's where it's going uh, towards the end here. I think uh, episode nine is uh, it's called The Empress, and it, it's hard not to see how that might be Eurice, the you know the, the real power in in this you know cartel empire as it might be. Hmm. No, I can totally see that. Um. So no, and it's funny because all episodes, like I say, I was expecting Martin to somehow like avoid being taken, you know, on the scene in the beach, and then I was expecting at some point somehow for him to be let out of being held captive. Yeah, or Vigo to show up or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah, the backup might show up if if they, if they become aware of it, and no, he's just he's killed. He's dead. Like. And that's it. I was like, oh, okay. I, I like genuinely like I'm surprised. Like at the end of episode nine, sure, I could have I could have maybe expected it. Especially since the yeah. last episode's a shorter episode. But I was not that. Yeah, I was not expected at the end of episode eight. So I am genuinely quite shocked that they, they killed off Martin uh, at this point in the show. So I'm very intrigued. I'm intrigued if we even see Vigo again. Yeah, we might not see them again. But I think uh, what surprised me this episode, even you know, t- towards the end in thinking that, that Martin would still get out of it is, you know, it was only halfway through this episode that we lost Janie. We we never get to see him react to that. There's no follow-up to that. Um, mm. So, you know, all episode I'm thinking, okay, he's getting out of this somehow uh, just so that we can have, you know, some beat play off of that. And there's there's just nothing, which is kind of surprising. He does ask what happened to her. Because he didn't, he didn't oh, get sure. to see it. Yeah. yeah. But what I mean is, you know, actually follow up on it and have something to do with it rather than just oh okay he's dead as well now never mind i mean i think the whole idea is, is that during the three days of being whipped he's you know that's his time to think about all this shit that's his it time is, to yeah. stew in it um but we, we we interestingly don't really focus on or dwell on him too much at that point we, we've shifted completely to jesus and yuritsa and their plot yeah. and their side of it so um very intrigued to see uh how we wrap this up i am surprised the foe was still kicking i really thought that if if not dying in stupidity, I thought you know Hades would just kill him at some point. It's actually of... reads his job. Yeah, so... probably with the gun that he gave her. Very possibly, yeah, uh, and pr- probably in a silly erotic way that one can't see coming. I would not be surprised. Yeah, um, but that was episode day. I you know it's culminating a lot of things right now, and I'm genuinely quite uh, fascinated by what's going to happen now in the. The, the final two episodes so hopefully we won't take too long to get to the next one um the tenth one shouldn't take a while once we've done nine because it's only half an hour that'll be easy to squeeze in somewhere but yeah uh we'll hopefully be be to episode nine soon 
but that is uh that has been episode eight of tool to die on so by all means let us know what you think in the comments below like and subscribe all that stuff get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates if you want to support the show and the channel and everything we do here you can head over to patreon.com slash tv where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and you get bonus episodes of some stuff you get some uh, some early stuff and other things uh, so go and have a look see uh, you can also rate the audio version of the podcast on your podcast app so if you're on apple Podcasts or whatever give us five stars it helps more people find us that kind of thing uh but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching tv guys have you got any vanilla